Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. It's another episode of Growing in Grace. I'm Mike Kapler along with Joel Brzezinski. We're having fun with this. We hope that uh, you're enjoying our programs. By the way, you can pick up all the old ones. We've got over 200 of them because we've been doing this for going on five years now. Growing in Grace, our 15-minute programs, a little less than 15 actually, but you can find them. Um, Joel has a website called graceroots.org. Just look for the Growing in Grace link right there on, on his homepage, and you'll find uh, all of our programs on there. The most recent are on top with the highest program numbers, and you can flip right through there and take a look at the titles of the programs. and see what appeals to you. We got an email from a friend, Joel, and I, I can't remember for sure where he is. It seemed like it might have been Europe, but uh, you might have to help me out with that. But he, he said he just downloaded all 200 and some programs, I think, onto his iPod. Yeah. Um, he's actually from a town in England that is close to where I spent some time when I was a boy. I lived in Stockport, England when I was a boy, and he's from uh, Crewe, I think it is. So uh, it was encouraging to hear from him. And he he says that he and his friends, uh, and this is what is interesting to me, they were just basically, and I'll put it in my own words, going about their own lives in Christ, and then God began to show them through the Scriptures the grace of God, you know, his grace. And it's not like, uh, he says, you know, he it's not like they deserved it, but he just began showing them altogether this thing. And now they're going and sharing this, and they're getting persecuted. They're really getting a hard time from the church about preaching the pure grace of God. And that's something that really does happen uh, when... The religious community even gets a, a little bit of a, a sniff or a whiff of of the grace of God. Man, they can go into attack mode like you would never know. And so uh, we just need to encourage our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who are sharing the message of grace uh, like our new friend in England is doing. Yeah, and, you know, religious institutions that are uh, largely founded on, on the doctrines of men or at least misunderstandings about the Old and New Covenant, uh, legalistic foundations you know that's the kind of thing that we're trying to help you work through and and get out of that because much of what we talk about here is <laughs> as we've said before it's it's probably not gonna fly in a lot of churches but hang in there with us we, we thank you for for listening and and please pa pass our program on email it out or get it out on Facebook we're, we're getting some great response from people Joel we were talking in James last week and uh, for those who didn't hear it, maybe they can go back and check it out because we're going to build off that this week. I was just looking um, as we move along here. James said in chapter 2, verse 10, For whoever shall keep the whole law, whoever keeps uh, talking about uh, God's law, uh, whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Of course, we know about the hundreds of rules and regulations, the hundreds of laws, uh, the law of Moses. Whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. For he, he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So, he goes on to say, speak and do so. Uh, I'm sorry, speak and so do as those who will be judged by, there's that phrase again, by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. 
mercy triumphs over judgment. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, James says a lot there, and uh, I think, of course, we need to differentiate, you know, point out the difference between, as we did last week, the law of liberty and the law of God that he he, he talk, he's talking about two different things here. We just need to make that clear that he does talk about the law and like you said all the all the hundreds of commandments that go along with with that. And then he's talking about something different that we talked about last week, the the law of liberty, which is basically the way it is when we're in Christ, the liberty and the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's interesting that he says, um, whoever shall keep the whole law and stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. And some people would say, you know what, that's not fair. But his point here is that, uh, as he goes on to say, the same God, and I'm putting it in my own words, the same God who said, do not commit adultery and do not murder. Uh, you know, he said, he said all of these things. And so if you, for example, don't commit adultery, but you do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So even if you don't do, if you, even if you don't fall short in everything, if you fall short in one thing, you stumble in one point of the law, you're a transgressor of the law. So that's the point. Uh, and so what he's saying here is that we're all in the same boat and he says, so so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Uh, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So there are those in the uh, law mindset uh, who think everything is about God's law and want to put people under the law. See, if you're going to be uh, living by trying to keep the law and you stumble on one point, you're guilty, and it's just that's just the way it is. So remember that, he says. Keep that in mind, because mercy, in the end, mercy triumphs over judgment. So let's uh, follow this thing called mercy and not uh, judgment and law. And then he goes on, uh, what does it profit, my, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Uh, if a brother or sister is naked and without daily food and... One of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does that profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And so there would come into the famous phrase, and, and as you go down a few verses, Do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So let's talk about this, Joel. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Well, I, you know, I've thought about this over the years, and um, I, I think it's really simple. And I, and I, I really do think that um, it's good to come to a clear understanding of what this means. And and one example that I've thought of: faith without works is dead. For one thing, it's not talking about the works of the law. We, we you know, we've hopefully made that clear over the years. But a real simple example: if I believe. It's cold outside. We're uh, living here in Iowa, Gap, and winter time is is coming upon us. And if I believe it's cold outside, I'm going to put a coat on before I go outside. This is a real simple example where belief produces works, or where uh, works come out of a, of a belief. I believe it's cold outside, and so my works, what I do, I'm going to put a coat on. Faith without works is dead is really that simple. If you believe 
in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to, you know, see, I'm not putting my coat on to prove to anybody that it's cold outside. I'm not putting my coat on uh, to do a religious work. It's just that the resulting action of my faith, of what I believe, is to put a coat on. And so if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what we do, what comes out of our lives, is simply going to be a natural result of that. That's really, to me, what faith without works is dead means. Well, yeah, and I mean, here, you know, if, if, I, have a, if I see a brother or sister naked and without food, the, the life of Christ within me that has compassion, which is now a part of my identity, and, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Christ living in us and flowing through us, but what's my motivation now? Am I going to take a look around and say, well, I'll feel a lot better about myself if I give them some food and clothes today? Or I want to at least demonstrate to others that I have faith. So I want to try to show evidence of my faith by helping these people with food and clothing. Uh, and, and, and sometimes people get into the mindset that by doing that, we will somehow justify our faith. But it's because I'm justified by faith. Mm -hmm. it, it's because of Christ in me and the compassion that's in me that out of out of reflex, so to speak, I will just be because I'm justified, not because I need to prove my faith, but because my faith does exist uh, and and has been proven by Christ, I can reach out and help these people. Because look, saying uh, be blessed and have a good day, hope everything goes well, that doesn't do them much good without food and clothes, and so faith can become useless in that way. Uh, another word for the word dead. You ever watch these CSI shows, Joel, where you know the, a murder has been committed and they try to follow the evidence? Well, just because uh, evidence isn't seen doesn't mean that a crime didn't take place. We know there was a murder. We know there was a murderer. There was a crime. Sometimes the evidence isn't always there to be found. That doesn't mean there wasn't a crime. Just because there isn't evidence of faith doesn't mean that faith doesn't exist. Yeah, and the way that God works in and through us is going to be different in, in each and every one of us. And it's not always going to necessarily be seen by other people. You know, I think about uh, Hebrews 11, where it talks about all these people whose faith led them to do various works. You look at Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab the harlot, David, Samuel, all these people, you know, this chapter, Hebrews 12, talks about what they did by faith. What I see here is that these people didn't do a bunch of religious acts uh, because of their faith. It's just that they believed God in, in whatever, you know, their circumstances were in life, and their works, or what they did, simply came uh, forth from that. And there were times in these people's lives when you look at their lives, and they did some pretty nasty, rotten things at various times in their lives, but yet they're still called people of faith. And there were times in their lives, I'm sure, when you're not going to see a whole bunch of uh, activity flowing, so to speak, from their faith. And so just because you don't see works doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Uh, we just need to remember that our, our faith isn't in our works. Our faith isn't in the things that we do out of faith. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, as uh, Galatians puts it in the King James Version, which I think is, in this case, a really accurate thing, we live by the faith of Jesus Christ. 
um, not just faith in him, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And so that will show itself in various ways, uh, but we can't live our lives day to day thinking, oh man, I just don't think I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. We just got to rest and put our trust and hope where it belongs in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Joel, there are those who can do great imitations. I don't know if you've ever heard comedians or others who can imitate somebody. And if you had your eyes closed or, you know, you were just listening to them, uh, the things that they do or say, you might really think it was somebody else when it was really just an imitation. Look, there are people who don't have faith. There are people who don't know Christ. And yet they perform good works continuously, you know, helping others who have health problems, those who need food, those who need clothing, and so on. And that's good. The world would be a better place if we had more people like that. My point is that there are those who can do good works completely apart from faith. And then there are those who have faith, and you may not always see the evidence of works. And I guess that's the point I'm trying to make, is that there are uh, imitators out there who are... And the reason sometimes we have dead works, even though they look good on the outside externally, they look like good works, they're doing it out of the flesh or to even try to justify themselves. We no longer have need to do that anymore because we've been justified. As the Apostle Paul has said, we are justified by faith. So next week, we'll talk about somebody you might be familiar with in the Scripture. His name is Jesus. He did a lot of good works, but did he even take credit for those good works? We'll talk about that next time on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.